Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that your girl is on Patreon. What else is going on podcast, aka Wego, W-E-I-G-O, is on Patreon. So if you feel so inclined and want to support your girl that way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Wego podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wego podcast, W-E-I-G-O podcast. Now, if you don't want to be on a monthly recurring thing, I totally understand that. But if you want to support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Wego, W-E-I-G-O. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash W-E-I-G-O. Because you know, a girl be trying to put in some work and a coffee could help me stay awake. So those are your two options. And if you don't want to do either of those things, if you could rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends, I would love that. Now, on to the episode. And the following podcast is a CJ Media Production. Welcome to the What Else Is Going On podcast, the intersection where pop culture life and real life meet up. Get ready to deep dive into all things reality TV and the dichotomy of loving the game, but not necessarily the players when they start to reflect real-life issues like deep-seated discrimination and a world rooted in racism. Feeling conflicted because I love... Clip! 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 And I also have to chant, Black Lives Matter. Buckle your seatbelts and brace yourselves because my foot is off the brake and this intersection gets busy. So come along for the ride so we can see what else is going on. Good morning, afternoon. Good morning, afternoon, beautiful. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Oh my God, your skin is glowing as always. Um, it's because there's a fill light and a soft filter. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, if you don't know that voice, which you should, I'm talking to a gentleman that has become a shower buddy. Now, let me explain. Yes. So, this gentleman I met on. Clubhouse, um, our wonderful Dave uh, created a clubhouse and he asked me to be a moderator. And I was like, Dave, I'm like thrilled and honored. I'm up here with all these wonderful, amazing people. And I see this person and I hear him talk. And I was like, hmm, let's Google because I know who that is. And we end up sending messages to each other while we're on Clubhouse. And this yes. one particular time, uh, if you're on Clubhouse, you'll know who we're talking about. But we were having this great discussion and a housewife comes in and it was fun and great. And then it just continued on. She kind of made the and on and on and on and on. And we were like, uh. so I jumped in the shower, <laughs> hoping <laughs> that my lotion bottle did, or my uh, body wash didn't unmute. And me and a friend started messaging and my friend was organizing pictures and I believe maybe trying on swimsuits or that might've been another uh -huh. time. Uh -huh. And I said, well, you, I've just taken a shower. And he said, well, you know, we're officially friends. We're close now. So guys, welcome Bravo's best uh, people's coucher, if you will. He has the most amazing opinions. Emerson 
Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, y'all. You know, there's things that happen with people and you go, I see you, I understand <laughs> you, I receive you. And we were, I was like, uh, I'm sort of listening to this conversation, but I'm trying on swimsuits. And she fully said, I took a whole shower and came back. <laughs> Wait, and then I said, and I lotioned up too. <laughs> Emerson, you do, I mean, Emerson said, you do know we're close. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Like if I'm taking anything out of the pandemic, it's brutal honesty. Like there's no time anymore for that like nonsense. And when you meet people and you and you know, oh, I can just say all yes. of the things to you, you know. And look, if I mess up, you will tell me, whoa. But if not, but like if I can just say all of my stuff yes. to you, we are friends. That I, that's funny how you said that. There is no time because I. I've realized I've gone back on it quite a few times since being in this podcast sphere, but I was never one to be like, oh, I want that person to be friends, to be my friend, or I want that person. But I also was never one to say, oh, like my basket is full. I don't want any other friends because I realized relationships can evolve and you could be like stopping yourself from meeting some beautiful people that you can have in your life. So in this sphere that I'm in with the podcast and the clubhouse, I've been meeting people left and right that I've been like, oh, I want them to be my friend. I heard yes. J- Jared Alexander speak yes. you, uh, both of you guys. I was like, ah, I want to be friends with them. <laughs> yes. Also, I think for me, uh, you know, it's funny because of our weird place as like the R list Bravo talent. No, we can't even, we don't even qualify as Bravo liberties. Let's be honest. Um, I haven't been as involved directly in the like Bravo internet sphere. And I have met so many amazing people because like in my day to day life, like I have like two group threads for Bravo and now I'm meeting people. It's like you and Kiki and and Sam and Sarah and all these people that I'm like, you are professionals. And now I am absorbing like off network content like I have never in my life. And I was like, oh, this is my tribe that I had not (laughs) had the time to find before. And now see, I have to let you know, I still think of you as a celebrity because you are just say whether you're on Bravo or on Broadway, you are a celebrity. My mother. (laughs) Hey, mama. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. When you said you hadn't been really absorbing like Bravo content, was was it because you were a part of Bravo at one point or or have you being a part of Bravo and being on a show which should still be on the air, by the way, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. has that tainted or if not tainted, given you a different perspective on the shows that you may not sometimes necessarily say when you hear other people talking about the shows? No, I, I came as a fan first. Like when okay. we got cast on the people's couch, it was like, I watched the housewives. Like I am okay. as a fan and we did our four seasons and 57 episodes. We watched like 450 TV shows or something. That's so you know? insane. But it left and I just kept doing the same thing. There just was no longer a camera recording my moronic commentary in my living. But no, I still watch everything. I just mean that like like the great Bravo bloggers and podcasters okay. you know, my, with my actual day job and stuff, I haven't had as much time. So I wasn't as aware of how much incredible community there was. Okay. Okay. Among the like Bravo aficionados <laughs> that I've had so much more fun. I mean, literally like now, like talk of shame is my go-to. Yes. You know, Bravo Kiki is amazing. Oh Bravo. Yes. Like, now yeah. I'm that person on Instagram, like, 
oh, I, ha- I was busy all day. I can check like these four accounts and find out everything that happened. Everything like, that you want to know. <laughs> but I, and I knew that existed. It just like my own work life and stuff. You know, it's like I watch my I watch the show late at night. I wasn't I've not, not always had time to be like a, on the night watcher. Right. Now, it doesn't matter what happened. I have to watch it tonight to see what the commentary is tomorrow. <laughs> so what's funny is. I didn't know about the IG portion either. I was in Bravo Facebook groups for a while because I was like, I found people I could talk to about this stuff and then becoming involved in this and now seeing the IG content. I was like, look at what I've been missing for so long, you know, now was watching shows while being a part of a show, sort of like being in the Truman show (laughs) where it's like, there is, de- there was definitely like an inception level aspect of like <laughs> watching television, then people recording you watching television and then having other people watch you watch television. Because on one hand, it's like the death of entertainment as a concept. You know, what? yes. You know, because like it bless, you know, it's like Blake's been a professional performer since he was six years old. And like now our job, air quotes, is to watch television and not only that we're not that funny we're not that smart you watch an hour of television you might get one good line but in a clip package it seems great so it probably made us look better than we were okay that is that's really interesting that now how did you and i know you probably shared it before but just for my listeners who may not have heard you share it how did you find out about the show what was your process like if you can share and then was it almost surreal like Oh my God. I'm like literally on a show because I do see that uh, you will be on a watch what happens live. Yes. That was, it's also, of course, like, of course we finally make it to watch what happens live four years after our show's off the air and there's nothing to promote. So we can just have a good time, (laughs) but any excuse to get to those chairs. Yeah. Originally the way we got on the show, Scott was up for another show. And decided not to do it. And the casting director said, literally, do you have friends you watch television with? He was like, yeah, I do. It's like, they're working on this thing. And, you know, they never tell you much. Yes. And so we did a Skype interview as a group, the three of us, just with casting, like talking and chatting. Um, And then advanced in the process there. They do all the like checks and stuff. And then we did a clip package audition where they really did set up the cameras in the TV and they played like 10 clips, like two to three minute clips of various TV shows and said, just sort of respond as as you would watching the show. And so we did it and we got like halfway through and they were like, you don't have to like do so much. That's something that's been said to me often in my life. Um, We were like, no, this kind of really is what we would say about these things. Um, Now sidebar for a moment. The reality of our show is a tiny bit of bullshit, right? Because if okay. you watch television with anyone who talked as much as we talked through those television shows, you would be beating that arm. So- shut up. You know, there's a grace. There's a skill to talking during television. Like you get one comment in during a scene transition. You know, you get it as the person's walking up. You can say two quick things, what you thought yes. about that last scene. But if you're watching television with someone who does not inherently understand those rules, it's just miserable. Like, you got to go. My husband is probably he's probably laughing, listening because he watches with me. And I'll be like, you are not allowed to say anything yet. (laughs) Uh It's it's a talent. You know the moments. And also when you watch shows that you watch all the time, you know exactly like, oh, you're going to walk in and say hello in the doorway. And that's like nonsense. 
shoe leather scene work. We can talk right here, but the minute yep. you turn and sit, shut up. It's it's quiet time. Yes. <laughs> the scene is happening. Uh, but so at that point in the casting process, so we know we're in the running and funny enough, obviously they're casting types as the world of reality TV works. Yes. We learned later that there were three quote, the gay groups, you know, Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens were in the running. Yes. Uh, I love them. I mean, incredibly skilled and one of the icons of the Bravo yes. theater. <laughs> and then three drag queens, Willem Detox and Vicky Box as a group were up as well. And Willem wow. is a producer and is a good friend. And so we knew who all was in the running for the spot. Oh my gosh. Um, but it, it was so, it was sort of short and then it, you know, took a while. And then the very first three episodes, that mini se- tryout season, yes. they did, like, we don't know what this is, but, it's, but it really was just put two cameras under the television, hit play on the show and like go. There was oh, no, my gosh. And it really is just, now you are a little bit aware, obviously. Of course. Right. It, yeah, yes. Of course. You're not just showing up in your bonnet. Oh, no. Well, back then maybe you wouldn't, but maybe now you would since bonnets are such a hot topic of conversation. <laughs> but also like nothing that I've worn in the last year and a half to wear television would have qualified uh, for the show. But there were uh, suggestions on wardrobe, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm it's like, so funny. The same gray gym shorts that I've worn for a year and a half on my couch. Well, it's it's funny because it's like we're gonna be real, but maybe we're gonna tell you not to wear. Don't wear what you'd really wear. We're gonna t- <laughs> we're gonna be real, but we're gonna be really cute too. Yes. Yes. But isn't it funny because once you know you are an actor, you're 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 you in in show business and you have friends that are in show business. It's almost like once you know how sausage is made in one area, you're like, oh, it pretty probably much is like that for all of entertainment, you know? It's it's so crazy. It's my kids, and and I know I've said it a million times, listeners, but they're in entertainment. So once you see one little piece, you also watch TV differently. Like, "Mm, you know, I don't know about that. You know, yeah, it is funny though because our show was so straightforward. It really was, you know, sit down on the couch, okay, turn on the cameras, say what you think, goodbye. You know, it's not a lifestyle show, it's not about our okay. lives, living it. It was the episode of Below Deck that we did that taught me so much more about actual reality television, like assembly. Okay, <laughs> because when we did, I mean, you know, randomly, obviously, I can't afford to go on a yacht. Rebecca, <laughs> the lovely psychic who took us as a part of her group on the yacht that gave me much more of a sense of what the housewives and reality, actual reality stars experience, because you don't forget the cameras are there. Anyone that says that is lying to you. That's what I was going to ask you. You don't, I mean, maybe I think some of the best reality, I would not be great on a lifestyle show because there's a part of my brain. That's always like, I'm going to save that. Cause I know if you pull that clip, I'm going to sound like an asshole. (laughs) And I know that you will. Because I know on a like a competition reality show, I would seem so great to like two thirds of the way through the season because I'm a, like, I don't need to I don't need to engage like I'll walk out. Yep. I, would, I would seem non-existent for a really long time. And then I would blow up with like a five minute monologue <laughs> be able to paint so many character traits and types onto me, whether you wanted me to be the villain or the asshole. Because that's the real right. You know, yes, like, I, yes. I'm not changing your mind. I don't need to do that. But like, if you attack somebody else, that's probably what I'm jumping in. Yep. But also, like, if we're just somewhere and I can't escape you for like 13 weeks, there's going to come a moment. Then I'm going to just. That 
traumatized adolescent closeted homosexual who learns to use his words instead of his very tiny fists is going to get himself in trouble. <laughs> and you have just described our candy gal. She knows how to use her words. She doesn't use her fists. And no. she's on this big platform week after week after. And she just yeah. boom. So yeah. that is so funny. But yeah, doing the below deck and seeing how like it's like literally they rearrange the order of the dinners, like silly stuff, but just for like how they tell the story. Right. So I'm like, wait, 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 that is not we did not do that next. I mean, it doesn't matter. It didn't really change anything. Right. But still, it's 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 not real. Real life is showing up in a camera just following you. Right. But like when you cut it down to tell a story, it does yes. show how much you can skew audience perspective for or against someone <sighs> a situation and not even, and not even trying to be manipulative. You know, like I think mm -hmm. in a lot of reality, people think the editors are being manipulative. Most of the time they're trying to tell a story and that inherently ends up landing in someone's favor. Maybe not. I think less like, Ooh, they left that out to make them look bad. Uh, I don't think that happens as much as we as audiences want it to. Yes. But when you tell a story, what you decide to leave out does decide, you know, what people perceive. So it is, that was interesting. And it made me think yes. I am not cut out for like a real life story. Cause I'd be on an IG live after every episode going, me no, too. Wait, that's, that's <laughs> in between I said this and then they said this and it like didn't ramp up quite that quickly. And I was reasonable before I lost, you know, yep. I was eating to like one act play the entire, like anything that was <laughs> This my journey is not to be on that kind of show. Well, I would be a Jill's Aaron because secretly having my own phone and probably fired. I'd be like, oh no, that's not what happened. Run the tape. Right. It's right Let me here. Play you all 24 hours. We're just gonna sit here, all of you. Uh-huh. And then I took a nap. Ignore that. Yes, uh, yep. I would be the same. I would so be the same. And you're right. So Heather Thompson, for instance, we know the different things that she's had gone on in the media since she left. And she, I was DMing with her a little and she said, and this to me was so, it was how you said sometimes the, uh, the producers don't always leave out or put in stuff to make a person look bad. They're not thinking it is. So the scene where she's talking to Ebony and Leah and she's, and we hear her say, I know I've been in the homes of Puffy. She said that was a part of a much larger conversation and so many different pieces were left out. So she said she, now this is according to Heather, she said when she asked them, why would you leave that part in? And their answer was because we want the newer audience, you may not have been familiar with you then, to know that you knew about hip hop and things. And I was like, that's... Well but this is such a good point. And this is where I feel like this, this Club Bravo conversation, like fans being able to engage on the like actual serious issues that come up in these things that we mm -hmm. love. I feel like this is where it's great. It's exhausting. And it's also yes. can be a little bit dangerous. Yes. Because you know, I think of like, look, for those listening and not watching, obviously, I am a cis white man. Um, and I want to be engaged in these conversations, because I think part of us doing better is speaking even when it's mm -hmm. hard, even when it's weird, when it's uncomfortable. If I say something, it leaves room for you to say, that's not quite it, without right, it being right. like a big thing. So I watched that and that's really interesting to hear that say that because obviously those of us trying to do better and be better, mm -hmm. it's clumsy, it's awkward. Yes. But that's better 
than than not doing anything because yes. we better if we speak better, you know. Right. And we don't want to beat down efforts too hard while we correct people, you know? Yep. So it is interesting and it also speaks to like how our point of views affect everything, right? Yes. Those editors, if they're white editors, they may not have considered how that one statement you know, I certainly, I have done microaggressions galore in my life, like even beyond like actual racism. Yeah. Well, even this conversation, right? I definitely was like the younger white gay who was like a black woman, you know, that <laughs> where, where white gays tend to say, oh, I have a black woman living inside me. And it's meant as a compliment, like right, I but- admire, but it's also like holding black women to a standard that's not fit, you know, all yeah, of those yes, things I get it. little mm-hmm. things. Well, so Heather, in a big conversation, trying to say, I have experiences beyond the normal white person. Yes. And like, yes, it sounds, but it's all uncomfortable, I think, from what yes. black people say. Yes, I- to see, like, you've been in a rich black person's home is not the same as talking about, like, the struggles of systemic racism within our society. Like, when you go to rent a house or go to apply for a job, you know, it's not, but if there was a big thing and a white editor pulls just that one thing and they want it to say, I have experience in this world. But to black people, it says, you might be dumb that you think that you know Sean Puppy P. Diddy, whatever, you know, wherever we are with his name, sir, Combs is not relating to like the experiences of systemic racism that we're talking about. It can make exactly. her seem clueless. Yes. So in all of this, it is interesting in the in the more serious cultural conversations mm-hmm. that uh, not to tell anybody how to respond, but that we consider grace first as we learn more information. You know, I, I go to in this situation, like following Ebony's lead as a, as a viewer, because mm-hmm. she experienced all of everything, obviously. Right, right. And can't. So like watching what she says and how she responds is more informative to me, even than necessarily what we watch. When right. it's a complicated conversation whittled down yes. to storytelling. That's right. And then everyone is not having these, conversation or clubhouse level conversations. They're just watching and going on. They're not even going on IG to see responses. So they don't know. I know. I feel like when I watch these shows, I always want to know the why, because it could change. Like you said, us not knowing that they took that part out of a conversation is like, oh, okay. Well, if it was said in a different context, then, hmm. You know, yeah. so it's it's really it's really interesting. She had also said that after the fight with Luann and Ebony, production shut down and they took a vote to see who would go in and talk to Ebony. So it's almost like Which also like you're the sacrificial lamb because yes. like nobody else can. Like Lord, can you imagine Ramona Singer walking That's, through the door? You know, it's like Heather is an imperfect ally, is like yes. trying to exist in the right space and like Except for our dear sage Sonia. Yes. Would have been great. I like, let's talk about Sonia for a minute in the entire yes. like, Also, I call it Rahoni, just so you know. And there's a reason. Our very first producer on the People's Couch, we show up to shoot one of the first couple of episodes and they do the rundown of like the shows we're watching tonight because spoiler alert, they obviously weren't in our house six nights a week. We shot them like in two days and we'd watch back to back and change right. clothes. Um, and he said, we're watching this show called Rahoni. And I was like, what? Rahoni. It's like, okay. And then I see it on the sheet and I was like, that's the real housewives of New York. 
But so I can't say like the whole you can't say here it. says Roni and I say Rahoni and people are like, what's wrong with you? That's well, what about one. our dear Sonia calling? Didn't she call it Ronnie one time or something? Yes. yes. Like, ma'am. <laughs> but in the in the in the Roni universe, the joy bonkers existence of Sonia. Why can't your friend the wind say your name right? Okay, Sonia. Sonia. <laughs> that's not how you say it. Shut up. Um, <laughs> correctly. Say my so name. Say my you. name. <laughs> Correct. Um, but the way in which Sonia is like off on another planet, and then she walks into an incredibly co- complex situation and sears right through the nonsense to say the exact correct like observation of the situation is one of my favorite things in the whole world because she's like. Well, and then she's like a sage. I'm like, yes. you, you are there. You are perceiving correctly, whether it's just emotional intuition, but then well, you like find the kernel of truth, spit it out. And then you're like, why was it so hard for Luanne to tap dance around that? And Sonia just said it. And said it. And what about also not even just the race conversation when Leah came out to the tape? Everybody's, you know, concerned that Leah comes and sits down and Sonia's eating. She goes, you Okay. I just want to make sure, okay, I don't want to be all up in your face and everything. Just want, it was so like the appropriate way to respond. It's also closer to like the, the real place. So we were talking about at the beginning, you know, it's like, I, I'm not trying to do a whole thing. Yeah. I'm just directly connecting. Are you with you? Are you okay? And right. like Ebony's response to Sonia, you know, this, you deserve to be celebrated. You are valued. Made me think about how often there's an element of like Sonia's the butt of the joke and she's like gamefully in on it. Yeah. It was like this, this woman needs this reminder. And it's interesting that it took somebody with new eyes to see how much she needed that. You know what? That's so true because when you are the butt of the joke and you're almost like the court gesture going along with it, people just put that personification on you, but like that's you all the time. Like, yeah. So when you are serious, they don't even take you serious because they yeah. feel like, no, you're this person. Yep. Well, yep. since we're on Roni, what do you think of the season in general? Full, unfiltered thought. I am really enjoying a lot of aspects of it. I, part of it is this one to me is the most authentic representation so far of the pandemic experience. Yes. And I'm really loving that for a lot of reasons, like good and negative, because full disclosure, Last June, I had an actual like breakdown. Like my anxiety went off the charts. I had to sort of like close my world really small and come back to LA, was in Palm Springs for three months, get, go to a doctor, get new anxiety medication, and then like work my way out of that space. And I bring that to watching and trying to give grace to people's experience in the pandemic. Because to be specific for a second, seeing the difference in how Ebony and Leah are both experiencing the very imminent loss of a of a mother figure mm-hmm. there's not a right way to deal with yeah. tragic loss and yeah. i think that that sort of whether you perceive it right or wrong like it's more understandable explainable and forgivable somebody going through a trauma okay yeah. and then think about like but that that time they spent in the hamptons there where like everywhere they went there was no one else yes um, like inventing their own activities felt very real to all of us in the yes. pandemic and made them like really connect more because like Ramona can't do a lap at the bar looking for a new husband. Nope. Like, there's nowhere to go. There's no leaving. But to engage with each other, both good and bad. And so I actually like the connections, I feel like 
are more real. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, today we have to shoot a scene and then tonight I'm back at the Regency and doing living my life. You know, it's like, all I have to do right now is this job, you know, for yes. better or for worse with you people. Um, and I love that. Um, I love, obviously it's, it's repetitive to say, I love what Ebony brings. I think mm -hmm. she is fascinating as a professional. I think she is inspiring as someone who is willing to do the work to understand other people's point of view, mm -hmm. not to belabor it, but like, it's something I thought about a lot with the Club Bravo audience, you know, as mm -hmm. a black woman in an all white space, something she's very familiar with. But it's always extra effort. You know, I have to yeah. do my work. I have to be me. I have to do the work for you. I, I, she's choosing at times to, to bend and lean. And yep. bring but that's effortful. You know, it's like, yeah. and it's fans. It's like when you all watch, right? You're watching experiences different than mine. You just want to be able to watch a show you love, not yes. like because of my microaggressions. And then after explain to the rest of the fan base why something was a problem they didn't perceive. Mm -hmm. like there's so much additional labor. And so it sucks that she has to do it, right? But I also think there's incredible value in her choice to do it. Yes, yes. For those women, for this audience, you know, you shouldn't have to carry that additional weight. That should not be required to be a person. But right. that she chooses to and chooses to take the time in doing it. I think it's really um, fascinating for the women to learn mm -hmm. in a way they probably haven't in the echelon and world they inhabit in New York. And then also for the audience to experience those things and see things because it's not the same as some of the overt, direct yes. racism we've seen in other mm -hmm. places. This is the stuff I feel like that's harder to explain. It's harder to show. It's harder to, as a, it took me a while to understand things. You know, why that, the articulate thing, you know, those kind of details yes. that are just a little extra weight every day for mm -hmm. black people, for people of color, that you'd be like, what? No, it's a word I use for lots of people. Sure, but it's tied to this history. So let's learn together. Uh, so I love that. Mm -hmm. Seeing Leah like run off the deep end after, you know, the big explosive freshman year. I'm more forgiving there because like pandemic brain is a lot. And <laughs> like I, I, I will like see how the rest of the season goes. <laughs> I think about like your grandmother's literally dying. You missed her. I don't know that relationship. I don't know that impact. You okay. can't get to see her. Like if you're running out of the house screaming, like you're not okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. And, and, you know, maybe, and, and, like we can all judge how we respond to things, but like, you're clearly not okay. Right, right, yeah. But not picking a fight with Heather for nothing. I was like, you're bored in the pandemic. You found out she was joining this trip. You had nothing to do. You sat in that apartment and Googled everything you could find about her. Yep. And showed up with more ammunition than necessary. And like, take a deep breath and go for a walk, honey. I <laughs> Breathe. You've made I me take my fully loaded shotgun. When you I... had a shotgun, would have been fine. I literally feel like she felt like her response, like, because she was getting, people loved her the first season, but then there was some heat that she was getting on line. And I, I feel like she felt like Heather could possibly be replacing her. Like, because yeah. if they have an Ebony, if you look at the show and they wanted diversity in quotes, if they have an Ebony, they don't need a Leah because now they have a black woman for real. Not one who's wearing a black woman on her T-shirt in a mugshot and saying that streetwear. she's down. Yes, that she's down for the culture and that she created streetwear. So they have Ebony and there is such a stark difference with Ebony and with Leah and with Leah and the other women and, and their styles of communicating. So yeah. I felt like, Hmm. She felt like 
Heather might be coming in to get a full-time spot or could take my spot. So let me come in balls to the wall and just unload. And see, I was so wrong because I thought even before they said Heather, I was like, Heather would be someone good to revisit with this group. Because I would have thought personally that Leah and Heather would meet in a place to get along of a similar age, working in similar kinds of fashion worlds. And I think if Leah hadn't come so prepared yes. to blow up over podcasts, mm-hmm. can we also say I'm tired of people talking on shows about the comments people made on podcasts off the show? Like, you want to fight, fight in public? I don't want to have to check 47 other sources. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only difference was like Hannah at the Summer House, like those podcast comments were worth visiting. But the rest of the time, it's like, like I don't care. No. Unless you're going to play the podcast. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Move on. And how about listening to them? Because Leah herself said she didn't listen. I listened to that entire episode before I, we even knew it was going to be involved in the show. But also, it was funny how she was talking about Heather attacking these women. And I look at it like this. Heather has a history with these women. She right. has a friendship before Leah. So she wants to go on her platform and talk about things that happened. So be it. I mean, we have to look at Leah. You did an entire podcast about Michael Che. Like, right. Come on. Like, also, look, was it Luana Ramona who was like, just don't talk about me anymore? I can talk Ramona. about my life. Yes. And like, if- um, <laughs> Ramona, you weren't the only person there. Yes. It was the yes. most absurd ask. And also, I love the way Heather engages with those women, though, because she's like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It was that thing you say, well, you know, when you're going to go ahead and do it anyway. It was like, yeah, Ramona, yeah. fine. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. sure. I got it. No problem. Yep. And because I'm I'm ready for Ramona and Luann to graduate, um, <laughs> personally, you know, these fifth year seniors, uh, I've reached the, you know, Roni has my heart. There's an authenticity to that, to them. They cannot help but be themselves. Mm-hmm. The problem is those two, I don't think are ever going to surprise me again. You know, oh, okay. Ramona's going to belittle the help. Luann's like going to, you know, responsible for some of my favorite moments ever. But I'm okay. ready for like Ebony and Sonia and Leah to guide a new cast forward. Because mm-hmm. what I like about Leah is that she is a mess, knows she's a mess. Sometimes she's right and messy. Sometimes she's, she's wrong, wrong and messy. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I love that in my reality TV personality. It's like there's so much yeah. material there. And whether you love it or hate it, it's real. She's like, this came into my head and it's and I'm happy. And I'm gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. like this is <laughs> we'll deal says. with the fallout if I'm wrong. I don't think right. I'm wrong. But I'm gonna say it. And yes. the rest of you are forced to deal with it. Um, she's yes. not centering herself. And yes. someone said the mark of a good housewife is one that has you back and forth yes. with them. Because that's real, even with our friends, right? Yeah. You know, it's that thing. I'm a lot. Everyone I know <laughs> is a lot. And there are times when my dearest friends will tell you, Emerson, you're patronizing me and you need to stop. You know, like we yes. are flawed people. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this villain, good girl, thing is sort of silly because really it should fluctuate at all times the way yes. in life. I say things and then I'm wrong and I'm like Ooh. or it's just I was having a day and overreacted like that's real people yes and so or sometimes too perfect it's not a, it's probably it's not really censoring yep and eventually that becomes boring as a as a character device well now do you watch marriage of medicine I don't. My, okay. I love, like, I know the original Atlanta, like, I know the ladies. Okay. Dr. Heavenly and Quad, and, but my DVR. It's full. Oh, I get it. Oh. Yes. Well, I say that because Simone said one of the realest things last week. Two of the women were arguing, and we know how that goes to set up 
something happens. It was a question asked and it was meant to be shady and two women start arguing and they're basically like, Simone goes, does it matter if nobody gives a F? Like she was over it. And that's how I feel sometimes with, it's like, I don't like, uh, I know. Oh, well also there is an element in advance. We're in this golden age of reality. We're in, we're like, Nobody goes on it anymore, not knowing how it works. Right. Sometimes right. like, it's like, y'all are working too hard to make this argument. Yes. It's like, y'all want this scene and I'm bored. The two people in the background checking their phones in the scene with you are all yeah. <laughs> yes. like, this is not a moment. Move on. Move yes. On. Don't care. And I'm sure you, like when you said, sometimes your friends may be like, okay, oh, uh, Emerson, you're too much, or maybe not. Or you may feel like that. Like if two friends are going at it, you're like, I don't mean to be insensitive. I just truly do not care because it is right. so like y'all are adults and could figure that out. Like, yes, go away from me with this in the words of Phaedra Parts. Correct. It's also the, 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 I don't know, hypocrisy of watching reality TV. Yes. At the time I'm like, if you would just stop talking and listen to the words, the other person is saying, we wouldn't be doing this. Yes. Also, I don't want you to do that because I didn't come here to watch like reasonable, intelligent calm, eloquent people have nuanced discussions about their interpersonal relationships. (laughs) (laughs) That's boring too. So, you know, it's like, it's it's which arguments we care about. And it's different from audience member to audience member. That's true. Like, oh, I'm into this one. And somebody else is like, I don't care. Can we move on? Atlanta, perfect example. Who cares? Yes, yes. But that's a great example. I was so invested in the argument drama of that Beverly Hills season that everyone hated, like the the comeuppance of the Lisa Vanderpump manipulation was fascinating to me. And like the entire rest of everyone everywhere was like, can we stop talking about that dog? And you're like, no, you know, like, what? No, it's not about the dog. It's about this. And, this, this. and my and thing was, done. did you guys forget the reason we're having the discussion about dogs is because Dorit and y'all are like, Dorit is no longer even involved anymore. Right. It's like, like how have you all lost the plot? Also, but Lisa did it too. It's like, oh, this is not yeah. about Teddy. This is not about Teddy. Why did we end up talking about Teddy? That was not the point here. It was the weird thing that happened clearly behind the scenes yes. between Lisa Vanderpump and her friend Dorit and this like thing that we did. And yeah. Oops. Yeah, you're right. You say like, oops. Yeah. Oh but, my God. Yeah. But so we all watch different fights differently. So that's also the irony. It's like, they're not making the show for each one of us personally. No, and we're not, not. not ready to ba-boop, ba-boop. And someone else is like, no, give me more. Give me Bolo. People wanted to know. Some people were like, move on. I mean, I could have watched every single live streamed minute of that <laughs> grainy outdoor camera. <laughs> to me, that party and the, and the filming aspect of it, right? Like we did the party. We did the like PG-13 version for the show. We all I... were Good night, everybody. My friend, the producer that's been, you know, in my life for the last eight years. I know. Okay. And y'all are going to go. And we know you set up cameras and we moved them because we're real people in a pandemic. A little more fun than usual. And we thought we took care of it. But also most of us knew the mics were probably on and we decided we didn't care. And then we got to watch it from like I was so invested and so fascinated at every point of that story. And even still, it's like when you think back, like what other housewives show has done that? I mean, like, it was truly elevated. Like the unlocked a new reality TV achievement. 
like just I what what I liked about that to me was more as a woman watching other women be comfortable with their bodies. Mm-hmm. Like There's, this is great, and a celebration of like sexuality and like being sexual and like it was it was a great lesson also in like not having opinions about other people's like relationships. Yeah, if you're not in it, if you're not in that marriage, if you're not in that couple, shut up. Right? Who can't like business. mind your business? Right? That is not your business. What if they locked lips a little bit? That is her problem to discuss what the rules are with her husband at home. Right. Unless he has said to you, would you watch my wife? Shut up. Right. Exactly. Yes. I don't care. Like, I just watched it as hot, sexy, fun. That man with that full on like pipe. (laughs) And I was like, I applaud all of you for enjoying the gifts that existed in your life in this moment. With, when Cynthia was telling Mike the story and she's like, it was like a windshield wiper. That was funny to I me. guffawed. But also there, I love that. I love that Mike was like, whoo, but also there wasn't some big tired. I was like, look at this grown up relationship. Right. When you, unless you are 20, grown up Southern Baptist, arriving at that virginal wedding bed, like we all should have room to like laugh and enjoy sexuality and expressions. Yes. And, everyone's range of options in how yeah. they define and express their relationship. And like, again, if it's not your business, you don't get to have a You don't. And even if you don't, even if it's not something you would do, you right. still like, and because yes, because you still don't, I don't pass care. judgment. Right. I don't care what you wouldn't do. I didn't make you do it. So why are you sitting over in that other chair? Having a, like, go to bed. Right. Go to bed. Good night. <laughs> Put on your white noise machine. And go to bed. Put on your Kim Zolciak white noise machine. That's <laughs> so stupid. Uh, I would never now not think of white noise machine and think of Kim's not think of Kim Zolciak. I always feel like we get to a certain point, you know, when when we're going on and on and on, and and I and I I feel like joking in this area helps all of us talk it about does. serious the mm-hmm. serious stuff too. It makes it less weird to talk about. But there is a time where like black people look at like us white people trying to talk, trying, trying to move our way through the quicksand of a conversation going, it's like Ebony looking at Luann. I would just get ready to say, and at certain points, Heather, it was like, eh, okay. It's like, good for you. You're an ally. I'm actually black. I don't need the sermon. Like get off the soapbox, carry it down to another corner with your megaphone and tell it to your friends. Right. Like, bye. I'm glad that you got it. But we want to do that sometime, right? We want to over say to our to our friends, no, I know, I promise. I'm like, I'm understanding and I'm doing, and this is, you know, it's that weird, but it's like when someone has cancer yes. and they're like, I have cancer. And you're like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And you do the cancer lane. And eventually the person with cancer is comforting the person comforting. with cancer. Yes, like yes. The black person comforting the white person. Like, I get it, you're cool. I see you, you're, you're trying anti-racist. You're doing all that's good for you. Just can you <laughs> stop and go away? Like- <laughs> We, we can get so far into wanting to do yeah. that we become just as exhausting as the people that are terrible. And, and instead of just doing, I know for me, I like to see a person like you don't have to tell me because you'll sh- I'll find out eventually you'll sh- even like with friends. You don't have to tell me I'm such a good friend. I'm such a good friend. Either you will be or you won't be. Also, like, and you I- don't have to. I'm not going to end up friends with anybody who needs to tell me I'm a good friend. Like what that says about you as a person is already exhausting to me. I'm a good friend. Bye. You have to go. You have to go. I, I I feel like, do you feel like at, at the age that we're at, I feel like I'm even could be learning a little late, but I'm, I cannot be in exhaustive 
friendships. Yes. It's like, this is a lot. Yes. And I feel like sometimes it gets hard because if I come to talk to you about something, right, that truly isn't something you're doing, but for, but because I have triggers, I felt like it was, I get that to some extent, but if, if it's like every single time, it's like, okay, we need to reevaluate because I've found myself in places before and I'm like, well, I must be a bad friend, but wait, I'm doing everything I thought this person would need, but it's like, oh, well you, you weren't there for this or, oh, I felt like you meant this. And it's like, this is like, I'm not working that hard. Dr. Simone, again, married to medicine said on an Instagram live, I'm not putting in that kind of work for anything, anyone other than my significant other and my children. I have said, if I, we are not having sex, I'm not working that hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I do not, I'm not blessed with children, but no, you're right. And it's also, there's different categories, right? There's like, you are exhausting as a person, probably yes. anybody. Yes. And then there's also just, you're exhausting to me, which means that I may like you, but the close connection of this, we don't line up enough correctly for this to not feel like more work than fun or beneficial. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a judgment. And sometimes it's not. It's right. Just, we communicate the same. We don't that, receive the that's same. That's it. Yep. Not to be cheesy, but you know, love languages matter even in friendship. Yes. Like, obviously, as you can see, I'm an over communicator. I'm an over explainer. If we need to have a conversation, I will say it. I will say it again a different way. I will ask you how you understood <laughs> it, how you received it to make sure it's what I meant. And that's great for some people and other people. It's like, that's too much. You need to stop, sir. I was done like after the first, you know, we're not all for everyone and that's okay too. And knowing that I may like you and we need to not do this as much close as we thought we could. Right. Cause it could actually be a release on both of you for you not feeling like you have to do all that. But something you said, I like, you said, I explain it. Even if you explain it again, you then say, how did you receive it? Because sometimes I think people feel like you didn't receive it, even though you did. But, but then they may keep going versus you saying, how did you receive that? Yes. Well, because it's like 90% of arguments are about misunderstanding yes. communication style. Yes. You know, how you fight, learning how to argue with the person you need to argue with yes. is so important because how many arguments have we watched people be in or been in? where eventually you're just arguing about the way you're arguing. Yes. Why are you yelling at me? Why did you do that? You know, wait, what were we talking about? Though? Right. We don't even know anymore. Now we're just fighting about the fighting. Yeah. And with that, and, and words mean different things to different people. Even when you take Ooh. them out of the dictionary, like your experience with a word, it's like your visual, how you perceive the world. We can look at a chair, two of us. I read something a long time ago. Do you notice I never finished one thought? It's like <laughs> That's me. And then we make it back to the first one. I read something that said, because our experiences color, literally what we see, like the heights you move through the world at, you perceive things differently. Mm -hmm. What you've been through can impact what colors pop for your brain versus someone else. If we could look through someone else's actual eyes with the way their brain processes, the world looks so different. And that's just looking. That's even before like how I use a word and what it means to me versus what it means to you. I'm specific. I don't ever say a word I don't mean. I don't choose a word I don't mean. That's what I Other people are very casual. And sometimes I have to not hold someone to what I would mean if I said that. 
That's exact. And it's everything you just said pretty much describes New York, what we're watching. But it's funny when you said about we could look at a chair differently because if we're looking through the other person's eyes. So the comedian Monique long ago had this show called Charm School. Uh, And you remember Charm School? Of course I do. So one of the women, when she went in, she picked her bed and she was like, this is my bed. And then the other woman came in and like, kind of like moved their stuff and was like, this is my bed. And the other woman, they started fighting. So Monique didn't send her home right away. She was like, let me talk to you. And it ended up coming out that the girl was raised in foster home and she always had to fight for her space. So when she had picked a space, it was hers. And then somebody comes in and is like, nope, this is my bed and moves her stuff. It triggered her back and you can understand the trigger. So it's nice to be able to know. It's nice if somebody says, hey, I grew up this way or hey, I've had these experiences with friends and that's why it makes me feel X, Y, and Z versus not sharing the experience, but just reacting to your friends that way. And your friends are like, this is a lot because they don't know where it comes from. And also being able to take the beat before reacting. Like what got you there? Before I just go like, wow, you said this and that means this and da, da, da. you know, yes. like, talk me through it a little bit more because yeah. it's that kind of thing. Right. Cause my, I'd be like, wow, that tells me this and this and this, but it, that's my experience that yours is different provided an alternative. I could never have considered from my perspective right. and experience. And that's so informative. Uh, yeah. To conflict. Yeah, it's the benefit of the doubt, right? I've been musing for years on this particular thought. The benefit of the doubt, who gets it? Who gives it? Who has room to give it in which conversations varies based on all of our experience. Like if you start at the top down social level, like literally the legal level, who gets the benefit of the doubt? Right. Our our juries geared towards white people, you know, our interpersonal reactions, people that respond largely or emotionally get less benefit of the doubt. Yes. yes. How I, as a man, like moving through the world may have more grace, more benefit of the doubt to give like mm-hmm. a woman walking down the street can't give the same benefit of the doubt. Right. I can like the way where and when we give it, who gets it and who has the room to give it. You know, like as a black woman, you often do not have the space, the energy to give the benefit of the ba- doubt to a white man doing nonsense. You know, I may just right. be communicating. No, but you may not have the space today to be like, no, I've done. I have seen this so many and I'm not giving you that space today. Right. And that's different than what I could do. OK. Based yeah. on our entire experiences. Yep. And that impacts that's all good. of the conversation. That's good. Like you said, you may you may just be miscommunicate or whatever. But because of what I've been through, I'm like, right. nope. And then other people who don't take the time to ask are just like, why are you reacting wow, that why way? Is he was she just being like that. Yes. But it's like so many things. And you see it all the time online. Somebody jumps into a conversation. Yes. Somebody shuts them down and they're like, wait, why did you assume I, because so many others are, and I don't know you. And today I don't have the time to do that. I'm yes. so sorry you feel misunderstood and hurt, but I'm moving on with my day. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's, that's why that. people on the other side so often have a hard time going, well, that's not fair. Maybe it isn't. Yeah. But you I know what? Space for you, stranger. <laughs> that's you know what? I like that. Maybe it isn't, but I don't have the space for you, stranger. I, I, I tell people too, then that shuts down communication. Because for me, if, if you and I are, say we're hanging out and 
I experience something from a person that's very familiar to me and I know what it is. Maybe we're in a restaurant and I experience different treatment from a waiter or waitress. Cause I know for me, I don't just like saying, Oh, it was because I was this Oh, because I really look at the situation, but when I know what it is, I know what it is. And so if I'm with you and I experience that and say, it's a place you've gone to for years and have never experienced it. When I share my experience with you and you say, Oh, well, that sucks. But they're really nice, though. And to me, I instantly shut down. OK, I'm not communicating any more feelings because right. to bring up I'm nice. I mean, there's a point every racist or every bigot has someone in their lives that think they're nice. Right. You know, yeah. so it doesn't absolve them of being a, a particular way just because they're nice. And I know for me, that's something that really just like. It, it all grates you because it's like, like if somebody was anti LGBTQ and, and I said to you, but Emerson, they're really nice. And you're like, mm. yeah, you're kind of done with the conversation. And it's also, and this is something I've had to grow and learn because I am a over communicator. I am a consider all the points of view. I have the space to do that. Not everyone does. There's that's not better or worse, but I will stay in a debate and argument longer. And I think for the space I inhabit, it's better to do that because some other people can't. Mm -hmm. And then there's the impulse to say, they didn't mean it like that. Yes. To you. And I definitely at periods of my life would have thought, oh, let me help us both understand. But in doing that, I'm invalidating your actual experience of it. And I would not have seen it that way younger. You know, I would have thought, oh, I'm helping you understand. Yes. They didn't mean that. Yeah. And like, that is not, I don't get to step, that is not my interceding to do. I've done that before too, on a different level. Like say if my kids and their friends are having a disagreement or friends and I say, I've learned to stop doing that on that level and say, well, maybe you should communicate with them, even though it it may not be a racial thing, but I don't care if I know the person, I'm not, I don't want to invalidate how they made you feel. Like, so I say, well, maybe you need to talk to that person. Or I say, wow, it's a shame that they made you feel that way. Yeah. Maybe you should, but I'm, I'm learning too, because it's, it's, it's almost like throwing water on you. Like, oh, okay. So my feelings in this do not really matter. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's really good. So speaking of that, switching gears to, yes. I could keep I know, it for I'm, 18 I'm hours. Hole I took us down. No, I love it. Listen to me. I always feel like through this type of, we could be talking about housewives or pop culture and you share something about you. I share something about me. And I feel like the listener gets, could get so many pieces. Somebody may grab onto this, like, Oh, I didn't think that there might be somebody listening right now who goes, Oh, I always tell my friends, uh, they didn't mean it like that. Maybe they'll right. reconsider their language. And also, and I love that these conversations really are happening in this world we love. Like it's fits and starts. It's ugly. Like the network is a corporation. Like they don't have a personality, you know, like, yes, this is, this is real too. We as a culture are dealing with this in new ways. And it's actually as painful as it is great that in our response to it, we're seeing how even as viewers, we process differently this fun thing that we love. Yes. And even if there were no arguments or if everybody loved the drama, people would still process it differently. Yes. For me, I all end up on different sides in an argument when it's just over, like who was late to dinner? Somebody (laughs) like, it's a vacation. You shouldn't have a timetable. And someone else is like, we said 7 p.m. And why is Bethany there? And it's like an hour and a half later. And her used to be best friend Carol finally showed up like those kind of like we would still be watching it the same. And someone else is going to say, it's my vacation. I'll show up when I want someone else. Ah. you said seven. You said seven. seven. Okay, so let me ask you this. Have you ever sat back and thought, 
if I was a housewife, even though it's different when you get in, but just for all intents and purposes, it's based on our real lives. So if you were a housewife, you say, I'm going to, I would go in and I would be me, but I wouldn't want to be like dramatic and that da, 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 da. But have you ever thought, mm, what's the one thing that would make me become that? Because for me, it's the vacation. We have to do everything together. I'm not, I don't like organized things. Now it's one thing if we're like, oh, okay, guys, dinner tonight is at seven. Yes. But I don't want to have to go by your schedule. Even like, and I can, maybe people could say to me, not liking to be controlled, restrained, whatever. But even if, when I have uh, girls nights with my friends, why do we have to play games? I want to be free to have a drink, to have conversation. I'm in good conversation with my good girlfriend over here. And you're like, all right, guys, it's time to play trivia. I don't like to be, I don't like when people, to, I don't like structure. That's probably what it is. I'm, say. I'm hearing the organized activities and less of the activities I organized, I'm not so interested in. That's what I'm receiving from this. And it's good to know that about ourselves. Because also, I'm, I'm weirdly in the middle, falling backwards down my life. My father, like growing up, we were definitely like struggling adjacent middle class. And he got his two weeks off a year. And he okay. planned our vacations to win in a minute of yes. their life. Okay. Like if we average 55 miles an hour in the city and 70 miles an hour on the highway, we will arrive at, the yes. at this time and we will <laughs> get our tickets at 10.02. And at the time, you know, we're like, can we play in the motel pool? And my yeah. dad's like, that fenced in water is more exciting. <laughs> yes, that's what we want to do today is the fenced in water. Thank you. But now as an adult, I look back and go, oh, he wanted to make sure we got all the cool things yes. in and we were young. Yeah. As a grown up, I do planned spontaneity, which is that- supposed to be us. I want to know where we're staying, what, like how we're getting there. Like let's book the tickets, the place. And I want to know the general, like we're all doing dinner this night. Yes. One big thing we all agreed in advance. We want to do, we're doing this day, this time. And then the rest of it, no, you need to list the activities and whoever's interested can come and whoever's not, see you later. If you need me a part of everything, also, we're not that close to friends. Yeah, like I I cannot, like my girlfriend is so funny because she'll like, she goes on their vacation and she has her family's itinerary. And I just laugh because I'm like, in no way, shape or form, I could go to... I don't know, Greece. There's going to be a day when I'm open to sightseeing. For me, vacation, the experience, because people say it's about the experiences. For me, being in Greece, laying on the balcony in my hotel room for 10 hours could be the experience that I'm looking for. I may not want to see all of the attractions. And I, I don't think it's not a right or wrong on anyone's part. My husband will tell you, I get up in the morning on vacation and I will go find a place to get my coffee. And sometimes if he's up, I'll either ask him or he'll say, oh, if I ask him, oh, it's okay if I go, because people know that is my time in the morning, even when I'm away. So I can't imagine a friend being like, oh, where are you going? I'm going. I would be like, (sighs) (laughs) I'm like waiting silently. First of all, if we're friends, you need to know that wherever we go, whenever we go, I will always consider breakfast optional and I won't be there. I will never be there. (laughs) If we're doing brunch, a specific like planned dress. Yes, that's different. Food, that's an activity. But breakfast, I will never, ever see you and be a part yes. of your breakfast. That's in me. You just need to know. Yes. Traveling and vacationing also are different things. Sometimes oh. you do the two together. 
But to me, traveling is like activity-based and activity-based. Yes. There's like plans and things. And vacationing is like, here's where we're going. And then we're going to like see if anything bothers me enough to get off this chair ever. And That's you can good. do both. We're like, this is a travel day. This is an activity day. This right. is like day. But yeah, they're not the same to me. That and is, I think for other people, they are. And that's where it gets me. Yeah, because I like to vacation. I don't necessarily need to travel. I don't need to see the ruins, the Mayan ruins. I'm just here. Like, I don't oh, care. This is your, another set of fallen down buildings. <laughs> yes. my, my son hat and that book that I read. Yes, like... <laughs> that is it for me. That is so funny. Okay. I'm going to remember that vacation and travel. But so what would yours be? What do you think if you were on a show right now, if you were dropped in Beverly Hills, New York, Potomac, Atlanta, and you, what thing do you think could be a trigger point to have us see that exploding Emerson? Mine is definitely interpersonal. Like okay. I don't get bothered anymore by people coming for me. You know, okay. I, I don't, I'm not afraid of being unliked. I don't like being misunderstood. Obviously, okay. as I like clarify th- things a thousand times. Mine is about somebody going after somebody that I feel like isn't their their verbal equal. Yes. You know, like you you look like you're winning the argument because you're beating that person down and they can't hang up, mm. but you're wrong. I'm far more likely to get upset and engage that way on behalf of someone else than okay. myself. I you can know, see some that. People win arguments just because they think faster, not because they're right. Yes. Like that sort of thing. That's where I'm going to go. Excuse me. Can I tap in? Um, right. That's okay. That's and to either. Yep. They, they think faster or they're just, I think sometimes you can say something to someone sh- so shocking and they're like, is this really happening? And the person just keeps going, keeps going, yeah. keeps going. Yeah. And it's like, what are well, you doing? Because they all learned at those first split screen reunions. If you're the last one speaking, it seems like you won the argument, you know, Remember those early reunions? Yes. We got to where we said like one phrase and then we just said it 18 times so that we could get the last word, but it wasn't the last word. You haven't said anything new in a minute and a half. Right. Like like I won the argument by speaking last. No, you didn't, but okay. Right. That kind of stuff. But yeah, behavioral, like, but Mm. like in treating, like treating other people is a bigger thing for me than like anything to me. Otherwise, I'm going to be a little bit Meredith Marks. Like, I'm, I'm disengaging. I'm disengaging. Like, I'm bored. Right. I will either be Bethany Frankel. But let's be honest. Okay. Be, like, talk. look at me. Talk to me. I, I know it. I have to be honest about it. I'm a Bethany Frankel. I'm, like, going to say silly nonsense. When someone says something, like, Luann, you know, I yeah. am the, like, wait, what? That makes no sense at all. Like, I'm not just letting that get past. I'm that mm-hmm. person. I'm also like going to pick something and irrationally like go on and on about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I, my, I like for love her, hate her, whatever other people, my, she's probably the closest to my truth. And, and, I, and I have to be honest about it. I would be a combination. This is funny of like a Candace, a Portia and a Robin, because I'm, I like to be kind of like laid back and chill, like, but at, like, okay. Yeah. Even though people probably see me and hear me as like excitable, I just kind of like doing my thing, chilling, like letting my louder friend be like, okay, cool. Just like laughing at their antics. Yep. However, on the flip side of that, if there's major drama coming on, the way I deal with stuff is I like to laugh humor. So yeah. my humor sometimes might not be politically correct. So like if Portia's like, 
twerking. Like when she was like, I'm the queen of Thotlandia that season, like just trying to make people laugh and switch. Like have a good time. Yep. But then if you come for me with your words, I'm going to use every single word in the dictionary that my dad used to, my dad would open up the dictionary and throw out a word that I had to spell. So I'm going to use every single word and my words. I like my words to be pointed. I don't want throwaway words. So every word I say to you, I mean, like you said, you say words that you mean. They are specifically chosen for this exact moment. Yes, I am not a casual speaker. No. In any way. But also, I never fault those people. In the world of reality, if someone else starts it, I'm not ever going to judge how someone else finishes it. Me too. You didn't, if you hadn't started. Yes. And that's like, that's for Candace, that's for Kenya, that's for Brandy Glamble. Yeah, like, look, yeah, that's true. If you shoot with a cap gun, you don't get to be mad at that person who comes back with a 12 gauge. Like, I said, oh my gosh. If you didn't start it, There's there, there was nothing to finish. Now, obviously, like in real life, you would be like, whoa, that was entirely too much. <laughs> <laughs> like that was too much. But on TV, nope, this is what you literally signed up for. You knew, you knew what you were doing when you said that thing. Randy Glamble's first appearance on television when Kim and Kyle, mean girls in that house. Yes. And she came out and she was like, are you on meth? Yeah. It, it, if y'all had been welcoming to that woman. Right. She would have and not hit her crutches. Like, sorry that you think she escalated excessively, but you definitely snickered in the corner. So, oops, you did this. It's so funny. I have said this before. And sometimes people will say things to you and they don't know that maybe you've heard it over and over again. So, oh, so now you're going to get the reaction because you're the last person. We were doing a a show at my church and I was a part of it. One of the singers, a part of it. And the night was people would say little comments like, oh, your clothes are tight. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just get out of my face. And then the last straw was we were getting ready to leave rehearsal. And they were like, you know, let's pray out of rehearsal. Okay. And someone says, starts it off. And then other girls chime in and they come up to me and like put their hands on my hips. And they're like, and girl, don't you come up in here in your tight stuff? um, Because you know, you're the pastor's type. So he'll be looking at you. So don't come up in here wearing your tight stuff. And I just, I said, thank you so much for your concern about my attire, but which one of you woke up in a bed this morning with a man that's not your husband's that you're sleeping with? And they were like, we were just playing. You didn't have to go that far. Oh, well. I'm sorry. Now, do y'all want to, let's close out in prayer. I had had it. I had had enough. And I don't think since that day, we stopped going a while ago, well, with the pandemic and then all, but but no one ever said anything to me, like made jokes in quotes about it again. Yeah. Like you worried about my clothes and distracting a preacher, but whose bed did you get out of? That's not your husband. I mean, also, I mean, if we want to split, if we right. want to. Oh, if we're doing things that we're doing wrong, let's talk about yours. Too. I don't think he belongs to you. I mean, I'm just right. saying, oh, but I'm you worried about, about my clothes. The hugging of my curves, but that's not your man. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, <laughs> no God says all sins are equal, but here in this world, they're not. <laughs> exactly. Like you worried about my, that, and, and, it's, it's, I've always realized the power of words, but it's just like, I, I like to use them for good and not, I won't say evil, but evil, but if I have to. So in that way, I understand Can I feel like she has them ready as a defense, even Kenya and even Brandy, like you said, um, surprisingly, because I don't think I've ever said anything good about Brandy, but well, except it's, for it's that. My, my big defense of her is just that one thing that like, I like, yeah. 
So if someone ever tells me you have to defend Brandy, I'm going to say she doesn't act. She reacts. And that's, you know, but yeah, I, so I, I understand that. And sometimes you, you're almost on guard. You're almost ready for, I know people attack me about this. So I already have something ready to uh-huh. at the ready. Yeah. Well, speaking of that and being, uh, wait, before I guess just, I grew up in the Southern Baptist church. I attended Baylor. It's the world's largest Baptist Baylor. Church. My father is a music minister to this day. No. Like, the amount of trauma, I produced a movie called Southern Baptist Sissies about gay boys in the Southern Baptist church. So like when we talk about like the way that people in the church will use their perception of your slights and behavior to elevate themselves, like that's where I say, Jesus loves you, so I don't have to. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was a that, big that, thing. That makes my brain bleed. Like the amount of that, like, Putting the responsibility of the pastor's eyes on your body, on my like body, commentary on how your body is shaped and treated. Because I'm sorry, in this space, isn't my body a blessing from the Lord? I, 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 wait, I'm sorry. Did we? And like, which parts are we ignoring today? We're not going to teach. They would use the scripture like the Bible says to dress modestly. Okay, but you're not going to use the scripture or tell the pastor how to learn how to control his proclivities. Or how to pray about it's on me. I mean, there were times, and especially growing up, it was a storefront church where um, it was Pentecostal. So you know, you got to put the 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 the, the drape around you because your skirt is too short. You don't have on stockings. You can't wear this. You can't wear that. Oh, you're too shapely. It's like what the amount of when I think about like almost anxiety that sometimes used to come with getting dressed for church, it would be like, okay. Yeah. This like projection onto you that the shape of your body is sinful. Like, what are you supposed to show up in the pup tent? Like, and like, it's not, I'm not coming in a lace completely see-through, no undergarment dress. Right. They're close. But I noticed if someone that they considered more of a plus size rather wore it, it was no issue. Right. But if I, I'm like, it's an issue for me. And it, it was always... Based off of that, I had a woman say to me, I went, uh, I participated in like a 3K, 5K or something running for a charity or something. And this group of women, I had just started going to the church so that, you know, you want to meet friends. Plus me and my husband are from Jersey. So I only really knew the people that I worked with. And they were like, we just love you so much. I just want to take you under our wing. Um, But, you know, as far as your dressing style, you know, basically, you know, you may not want to entice people. You may, and I had to tell her, my husband is my husband. First of all, I, first of all, let's get this. I am fine with what I wear. Yep. And then if I want to consider my husband, he also likes it. It has nothing to do with you. And then to find out, and this is, it's, it's like TV couldn't even wrote a better thing to find out there was a, a person that held a, a position at our church. He was like a, uh, not an armor bearer, but just security uh-huh. hit on me. How he hit on me was I can buy you some Prada boots. I said, sir, number one, I'm not a prostitute. In that you think that you're going to get some for some Prada boots. Now it, it's one thing if I wanted to, and then it, I said prostitute to him, but I just want to be clear by no means. Do I think that if you want, if you're dating, and you want to get something for what you're given, do it. I'm like, I'm a hundred percent. So I don't, but, to, but the way he said it to me was as if he had been. Yes. 
And I said, and number two, my husband, nor I'm interested in that. Found out not only was he married, like fully married, but the woman that wanted to take me under her wing and talk about my dress clothes was having an affair with him. Yeah. And she, she <laughs> and she had seen, she had found, got wind of him hitting on me. So that was her way to put me in my place. It is your fault. The man I'm having an affair with who also has a wife was tempted by the presence of your body in our space. I follow that loop correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exhausting. I'm so tired. So I, 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 I would tell people my relation, I believe in God and my relationship with God is what I hold sacred. Not what y'all, because they will get you messed up every time. If you right. listen in the way they beat you down, like you said, but then behind closed doors, they're dealing with their own. Right. Sometimes it's the loudest ones that are proclaiming this and this and that are Sometimes. dealing with the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes the, the music ministry, I already know. Like, right. it's always yes. because this is not a threesome between you, me, and God. Get out of my really get out yeah. of my relationship. If you feel like something is going on, pray for me. Thank you. Uh-huh. Just pray. Please pray. do quietly over there. Yeah, over there. Pray that God does the best for me, please, and thank you. Because I did also say once, because you know, I got a lot of those head tilt. Oh, I'm praying for you. That's not what the Lord wants for your journey when I painfully slowly came out uh and finally reached where I had had my limit with it and said, You can all stop praying for me. Apparently, my gay is stronger than your God. Oh, what did they say? Oh my god. Not much. Like people that wield prayer as a weapon, bye. I've been doing this too long, too many times. You don't have any version of that to say that I have not heard. You talk about having like bullets packed as ammunition, you know, in preparation for like whatever. Religious persecution of LGBTQ people, please come play. Please come play. I have all day and I'm ready. I grew grew up and you're taught, you know, things about the Bible or whatever. And I remember being younger question everybody has their own experiences on relationships and I remember even like talking out loud like to God like as a young child like well not young child but you talking teenager when you really become to an awareness of like well wait this and this and like well God why is that I don't really understand that and just learning to trust what I felt and learning to really model Christ and love anything else whether you, whether I don't care because they would say something about LGBTQ, but you do know that your choir director is sleeping with your whole front line of the choir. You know that, right? Uh-huh. At least the organist. I so, mean, they're called organists for a reason. Exactly. So my thing is, it's, I'm going to lead with love and in anything and no matter what it is, what, you know, so it just, it was, it was really, it, it, to me, if you're open-minded, you need to develop your own relationship with whatever spiritual entity you, and you can't allow others to kind of like infiltrate your mind, you know, and, and I'm probably explaining that wrong, but for me, I have my own personal relationship with God. When I go to church, it's for fellowship, you know, to break yes. some things down that I don't understand, but also I'm not just blindly, Yes, you know. It's whatever your personal chosen yeah. belief system. Your best example is your life. That, that, not the words that you have to say about someone else's. Your service. Somebody. What, 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 where, what lane yeah. you land in yeah. for your belief system. Your, how you live it says more than any of the words you will ever say. Stop talking about mine. Emerson, that is 100%. I, di- I heard a pastor say, your sermon is your life. Period. Right? 
It was like parents, they say, you know, as parents, I'm not one, so not really. 90% of what your kids, who they are, is what they watched you do. Only yes. 10% of it is what you said. You know, all of life is that way. People, we learn watching. Yep. I can and say all these words. And if what I, if my actions don't match it, the words meant nothing. Are completely exact. And that's what I've taught my kids too. I've taught them the Bible, Christ, love, all of that stuff. And also to love. And I've also taught them, and I ain't gonna listen, if somebody comes at you, you you can also respond back. Please. In all aspects. Like In not all even aspects. Love with discernment. Yes, with discernment. Don't cast your pearls before swine. You, you know, better give ever love, say- <laughs> lead from love. I, t- I have been in so many churches. So We've many been- nights. I-, I played in a handbell choir. I mean, I have a <laughs> that they, I, like, that's one of my favorites. I've directed a handbell ensemble. in. Oh, my God. I have done the thing, you know, so we all preach with our lives. I love you so much. We have like, who would I've never like, who would have thought that we have kind of like the same background, the same upbringing? Because that's kind of that originally New Jersey. OK, I'm wait, from no, New wait. Jersey. Before I fell into church, you were going to go, we were going to go somewhere. Else. We were going to go into uh, somebody who seems like a Southern Baptist, uh, Sutton and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, struggling Sutton. I, I, I just have so many thoughts and ideas. But first, I will say this. People talk about, you know, don't stand first season Housewives. Wait, I don't believe in standing any housewife. But I realized watching these shows. I'm a fact based person. So I look at the facts and I will defend the fact to the death of the, You know what I mean? And, the, and, or for my opinions off facts and the way we all watch, like you said, is so different and it's fascinating now to watch all of us watch the exact same thing happen at the exact same time and walk away with totally different views or stories about what happened. I could walk up to you and say, Emerson, I love you so much and hug you really tight. Somebody could watch me say that and interpret it as she was acting like she loved Emerson so much. So she hugged him tight just so he would think it like, like, you know what I mean? Or someone else looks and goes, Oh, I don't, I don't think they were that close. She's kind of invading his face. Yes. He brings so many perspectives. Yes. Yes. Watching the same events happen. How are you feeling about the season so far um first of all uh, i'm uh, in obsessed with the season same thing that trip to where were they <laughs> same thing the fact that there were no outside people no events skipping that the sudden of it for a second that night where they clearly all just stayed home and there was nothing to do yes and, like, played jenga and like actually talked like much more casually to me, that was the most authentic Beverly Hills has ever been. Yes. It's like one of the least authentic of the franchises. Like we watch it knowing yes. everyone comes with a plan for the scene, for the day, for the brand, for the season. Like yep. it's the most pre, pre-thought out behaviors. But yes. that's okay. We don't watch for authenticity. I mean, even Rena, like watching her in the pool be like, I don't know, making scene. Like, yes. <laughs> They're over there playing Jenga, which I was like, that's the most real they've been. They're like, oh, we have hours. Like, I don't want to watch TV because we can't, because they can't have that in the background while we shoot. So we just have to amuse ourselves. Yes. And then looking at her and being like, no. And the way she was like, 
that felt like what we were talking about earlier. When someone's arguing and you're like, oh, this scene is not interesting. That's what they were doing. They were like, yes. I'm getting in that pool with you to make whatever moment you want to have out. Yes. I'm not getting wet. I'm comfortable in this chair. And the screaming and Garcelle was like, this is the moment where you say, okay. And the way she was like, oh, and just kind of walked away. Yes. But <laughs> that was, but I, it was like weirdly fake and incredibly real at the same time. Yes. Like you really could see Rena thinking, my job is to make good content. You know, whether you like it or not, she knows that is her job. Yep. She's like, I'm making content. And the rest were like, that's not the content we're making tonight. We don't care. Like, I'm not we doing truly it. don't care. So that aspect, I really like this trip. I thought the dinner table thing with like the not drinking, I thought there was such charm. Yes. I feel like I know these women far better this year than I've ever known them. Yes, I agree. You know, starting with like the Garcelle Kyle conversation yes. that was like so smartly handled again that thing of like doing the labor to explain why that said this to me that Mm -hmm. you could not have tended but it says this way and Kyle just taking that in and not Mm -hmm. doing the but 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 um that was great the text conversations about the like we're doing this fake drinking I was like that's me and my friends at dinner somewhere yes yeah dumb idea and now we're playing a game all night long but also you have that one friend whose feelings are hurt because they weren't involved in the game you're like we were doing pretend, we were drinking pretend cocktails. Like we are not solving the arms race. And even when you explain to them, no, 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 girl, this is why. Well, first of all, the friend that's feeling that way and never says anything. It's like, right. oh my God, now, now it's everyone else's fault. And then, or if they, but then it's like twofold. But then if they do say something, it's like, girl, no, you know, yeah. but it just got so big. So yeah, that's yeah. me and my friends too. It's also the Sutton thing, you know, as frustrating as it is for Crystal, obviously, is back to that. It's such a good example of what happens when a small thing happens and the other person is more afraid of being called racist than doing something that looks racist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wait, you're not the person experiencing it. And no, it's fine to get your feelings hurt. I actually did think her explanation of how people who sound Southern mm-hmm. can often be presumed like, oh, there's a MAGA Trump racist <laughs> because you sound Southern. Now, that's not as big a stereotype problem systemically as right. like racism against Black people, but it is a, a stereotype that happens. Mm-hmm. And I could hear how you move to a big urban city and people went, oh, she's probably one of those dumb cow farmer and racist, you know. <laughs> So I hear the Southern Baptist, like I just said, she's, (laughs) but when you explain something and someone explains to you and your feelings get more hurt that you were perceived wrong, then you are bothered by how that person received it as the person experiencing it, that making it about you thing. It's hard to watch, but I feel like it's a good example of when people try to explain to us white people, why a thing it's even hard to even bother mentioning because you know this is what's going to happen. Right. You're going to say, Emerson, you said this thing. It hit me like this and that was not cool and it felt a little bit racist. And I go, oh, oh my God, I've never been racist and I'm so sorry and I can't believe you would ever think that I would say anything racist and it's all about me instead of just going, wow. In my experience, I could not have even had the mind frame to understand. I do hate that you received it that way and I am so sorry for that. Here is what I intended. And is there room for us to work through this? So I don't do that again. Thank you for sharing that that's what you received and move forward. Like, because it wasn't that big. Yeah. And now let me ask you, do you feel like you get that concept because you are part of a marginalized community also? 
Yes, two things it very much informed my experience. You no, know, even as a white man, being a gay man in the South, there's certain kinds of that that I experienced, fundamentally different from racism. Mm-hmm. And black queer people have a very, you know, have a very different experience too. But also, when I was 16, we moved from suburban Houston to Singapore, and I graduated from high school in Singapore. So my experience of broad, diverse cultures, you know, I was a, a distinct minority in a in another country. Okay. Now, I wasn't experiencing like racism against white people or anything, but my experience of moving through the world as a minority, as a teenager, very much it gave me a at least a wider frame. Okay. For understanding. Like I can experience what you live, but I have experiences that help me understand aspects of it earlier yes. than some people. It's like really it amounts to I'm gonna screw up and you're gonna tell me I screwed up, but I'm at least gonna receive that better. Right. Because, like, I'm going to try to work through that, see your point of view on it because of those experiences. Because you try to use that to inform other people like me, you know, that's what I can do to hopefully be beneficial. That's good. I I thought so. The way you're, it's like, okay, when you're a part of, even though it's not that, but you're like, oh, but I, I know what it feels like to be excluded because of this. So I can't imagine, you know, something that, uh, um, I heard someone say uh, they were part of the LGBTQ community, but and they said to someone, "My struggle is equal to yours." And they, the black person, was kind of like, oh. "Well, wait a minute, I understand." And uh, he asked them, "Well, when did you come out?" And the person said, "Well, I came out X, Y, and Z." And, and you he said, well, "I've been black since birth." And he said, "You came out. You walked out the door and told everyone." He said, when I walk out of my house, I'm already outed as a black person. So it's not the same experience. Well, and we don't get anywhere like trying to equate. Compare. Right. You can say there are relatable aspects. And that's. Comparison shopping struggles is like, then you just end up in a weird weeds argument where now you're having to like define what's different about like your struggle versus. And that doesn't help anybody. That gets us nowhere. So comparing is nothing but an exercise in frustration. Let the person talk yes. about their experience it. And if you relate because of some aspects, that's amazing. That is yes. how you engage in it. Yes. But to say, I understand because it's the same, like shows how much you don't understand and you only see your struggle. You only see your, I, I even remember years ago, there was talk of somebody was like, well, why is there, and this was years ago, why is there just a breast cancer month? Why isn't there? And I'm oh. like, okay, wait a minute. Like just make a, make a month for something else then. Like, right. we're not like, are we real? The bottom, we want no cancer. How about that? Like we, right. the goal is no cancer. Yeah. And like here in the middle of this pride month, people who are like, why do gay people, why do queer people need a whole month? Well, we wish we didn't. <laughs> we don't, y'all don't understand. We don't want to have to have this. <laughs> like now we all know some people who are professional victims that do yes. enjoy reveling in their struggle and wielding it as a weapon. Like, let's be honest, those people exist in all of our Yes, communities. all They're of, all. yes. We've seen it. And we need to call them out, like, so that, like, you're, right. okay, you're doing bad work for all you're of right. us. You're abusing that to, like, win an argument that isn't about that. You're we right. need to hold our own accountable from that. <laughs> yes. But, like, really, I don't want, I, I, I don't want it to matter. Our goal yeah. on all of these is for it to not matter. Period. Like every black person I know is tired about talking, is tired of talking about being black beyond, like, celebrating, like, you know, like, I am not, I am a semi-professional homosexual and I wish that I was not. (laughs) 
like I wish it was just between me and the dick I suck and like the rest of it that I'm at like I, all of my other professional work all of my film work all of the tv that I've produced is all like sexual a lot of it's sexuality related because like it's an area I feel passionately about yeah like our goal of all of these things is to talk about them enough that we can stop talking about them. So if you want us to stop having months and days and weeks and celebrations, <laughs> help us fix this shit and we'll all move on. That is so true. Oh my God. Uh, Quinn from Know That Podcast said, people are saying race is being, why are they bringing, why are why people are of color race bringing race? And he said, contrary to what you believe, we don't want you to be racist. We don't want to talk about it. But when we're talking about our experiences, a lot of times race can be tied to the experience. And it's, it's funny. I found myself frustrated watching Beverly Hills because I felt like people were losing the Genesis and not to hold Sutton to that standard because she has apologized. But if we're discussing what we're watching, because people also, uh, it's like you play an argument to your advantage. So people are we're talking about what we're watching right now, but people will say, basically, well, you can't talk about that because she apologized. Well, no, because we don't watch the apology. We are watching. We're talking about what we're watching. Right. And I feel like I understand that Crystal saying, you know, you're crazy or, you know, you're unhinged is triggering to people. But let's not say, well, Crystal lost me when she said that, because then you're okaying what Sutton did. It's like, recognize right. Crystal's reaction was based on that. And I, I, I've i never really uh, cared for Kyle much. And then I was, I, I turned around, like that one conversation with Garcelle turned me around from all the years of me not. But I will say, watching her watch the interaction with Crystal and Sutton, I was disappointed because she put Crystal, a woman of color, in a situation by bringing up her conversation with another woman of color. And when this other woman inserts herself and says, we are not talking about this, she said nothing. She didn't say, well, wait a minute, I brought that up. If it triggers you, then you can exit the conversation. She never said anything. And Crystal was left to deal with that. Yeah. Well, like you have to own the instigation. And it's back to that lots of things can be true. You know, yes. I, as someone who has a mental health issue, full-on pill-taking anxiety disorder, can be extremely casual about my language in this area, let's be honest. Like, the you're so crazy is a thing we have, like, as long. So that's the thing we can work on, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But to use that as an excuse to negate, like, the, the experience that she was commenting on, you know, what I saw Crystal that it was so interesting was the degree to which different than other women have been handling things. Yes. She set a boundary instantly. Boom. Like, oh, you're that? She put up a hand that said, there is not room for that inside my fence. Like inside my wall. I recognize that. Okay. And it's, well, because there's an element of, you know, like Ebony's leaning way over to be, to give opportunity to yes. these older women, mm. you know, to bring them in. Tiffany handled it very differently on Dallas with like, I, as she's like learning to make female, to have time for female friends. Right. You know, it's such a great example that each woman of color and different colors handles it differently. And each one of them gets to make their own rules. You know, wow. one may have all the room for it. Another says, I don't have any. I didn't and think all of that. that gets to be right. It is not their job to make you feel good about that thing you said that was uncomfortable. You know, and Crystal said, I don't have room for that. You know, when she sat on that boat, literally physically like 
you know, when your body says, yes, I will sit here because that's part of this job, but I don't have the space. You don't get to tell her that's not okay. She does not have to make room for your experience in her own. And that has to be valid too. That is so good, Emerson. I, I When I was watching that, I felt like so often I've been in that position to have to extend grace and comfort the person that really shut who I was down as a person because my race is attached to who I am. Right. Especially with a lot of like, you don't see... People may say, I see a woman, you see a black woman and I'm okay with you seeing a black woman. That's fine. So if you shut me down in an area that like encompasses both, now I have to comfort you. And I've said so many times I've been the crystal in a space where it's like, oh no, or or the very obvious microaggressions and everyone looks like the person who made the microaggression and it's just me. And if I choose to react, now it's, you know, you, you really shouldn't have reacted that way or you really owe her an apology or you really, are you really? So to watch Crystal react to Sutton and I, I saw so many people saying Crystal should have just accepted her apology. And to me, it's like, wait a minute. But it also speaks to Sutton's privilege where if you notice after that one interaction, they had it. Sutton kept putting herself in Crystal's spaces over and over and over. And it was like, leave this woman alone. Well, it's like that first, if they, if it had ended after the yes. like video conversation, the first one where it was like, I'm so sorry, you know, and like just moved on. It's that like, essentially Sutton was doing that. Are we good? Are we really good? Are we yes. really good? Well, you know, oh, I'm so, you know, it was the continuation and you could feel Krista being like, I said we were good and we would keep going. Like we would move on to the next thing. You're not the first person that's ever said a kind of dumb thing to me. And like, yeah. but if you keep getting... And the walking into the room. That to me. Where these shows get kind of weird because there's yeah. like uncomfortable race thing. Then you want to make a big deal about something else to distract from that. Mm. You want to make a mess out of like, oh, well, I just walked in and it was weird. You were naked. There is one person in the whole world that sleeps in my room with me who can walk into a door without knocking. In my yeah. Life. Yeah. Like, I can yeah. believe how many people are like, oh, yeah. I'm a tr- I don't know anyone like that. And me I would neither. <laughs> Even my very closest friends, I'd be like, if I did not say hello, come that's, in. That's, do you know somebody responded to me and said, well, your parents do it. How, and, and no yes. one is that the same. I, I came out of my mother. She gets to do whatever she wants. Period. That, that, you know, we were all teenagers when they were like, is this door locked? Yes. Not me. No, yeah. Oh, that is my not life. the same. Yes. My exactly. That is not the same. What a du- When people make dumb arguments. Yeah. Like, and, and that's not even true. Like me now. I normally, like my son's home from college, I knock on his bedroom door. My daughter's bedroom, I knock. Today, uh, yesterday or earlier today, I walked in and I remember thinking, oh, shoot, I should have knocked. Not because he pays for any part of this, but because I feel like they're allowed to have boundaries too. Growing up, I wasn't allowed to have none. Right. You know that, I'm sure. You, you don't have no boundaries. Right. So to use that argument, it just, it. It, I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. But like you said, you have a boundary. You don't just walk into your room. And so that that got turned back on Crystal, like Crystal yes. was being weird. I was like, you're looking for something yes. to equalize the in, that you feel unequal in the conflict right now, which is then what escalated to like Crystal's like, I think you're crazy. You know, like, yes. We, so we got away from the original thing and we like did dumb things to continue to perpetuate it. But here's my thing about doors. Once, <laughs> once somebody is old enough 
to think that touching themselves feels good, you should not walk through a door without knocking it. Because you don't know what you're going to find. You do not know. And, and that is your fault. Like, yes, you walked in on a woman and then tried to be, oh, well, I was just, no, oh, 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 no, nope, nope, nope. That's- and that's trying to get out of the uncomfortable space you're feeling for the yes. way it's first called out. And if you know, I said, if people watch that from the beginning, Sutton never actually apologized for that night. We're not talking about this. So what? I'm a redneck. She never apologized for that. She said something else. And then every conversation she had with Crystal, she would start out with, I don't think it's nice that you said this, but. And so you've never apologized. Then you (laughs) you come into my room and here is my thinking. And it could be just me because I've thought this way before. But my thinking is, Ebony did interviews and said, I'm representing every black woman. That's what out of her mouth. So I wonder to some degree if Crystal feels she's representing her race, right? right. The, because when, when all the headlines lead with first Asian woman, you yep. got to know that that's what people are thinking. It's not like Crystal Mankoff, da, 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 da. And then down the line, it's Asian woman. It's first. Right. It's also in, in this, in this, as we advance this fit by fitful, uh, painful step, mm-hmm. um, anytime you're the only of something in a room, <laughs> you know that you are carrying the burden of all of you, yes. or not, that you are. And it's great that we're where we are, but it's also in group speak, right? You yes. know, look at the shows that are, have multiple black women, predominantly black women. You speak outwardly differently than you speak internally. Yes. Um, and so that Crystal doesn't have another Asian woman to talk to about nope. being Asian. Also, you know, when there's 20, when there's so many different kinds of Asian people, yes. you know, Asians and Latinos where it's like this umbrella under with me, which there's yes. African diaspora. But, but anyway, when you're <laughs> the only one, you don't get to choose. You are the, whether you want to be or not, if that's where the conversation goes, you end up inherently having to speak on behalf of all of, all of whether them. you want to or not. So part of progress is also moving to where like one person isn't asked to shoulder an entire community. Yes. And, and so it's like, okay, I'm thinking we know that the Asian culture is modest because it's been attached to them as the model minority, which means they, and I've literally saw, seen in writings, heard people say they keep their head down, they're quiet, they work, they do not embarrass themselves. I've seen this. So you have this Asian woman that has already been shut down. like, to, And even outside of race, as an adult, if another grown woman came in the middle of my conversation that I was asked to be a part of with someone else. I didn't ask them. They asked me to be a part of it and said, no, we are not talking about that. This don't have nothing to do with you, but she's already done that. So now you have this woman that has already been shut down by this person and she's walked in her room. Chris, uh, Sutton was far enough in that we know the camera caught her that far in. So I'm thinking in Crystal's mind, was she thinking, oh my God, the cameramen are going to see me right behind. naked. Yeah knowing it may not show, but they'll see me naked and modesty. When you're ripped, I've used this and I'm going to keep using it. I sent my mother a picture of Sierra from Summer House's room and we were on the phone laughing. And my mom said she would have been, I'm 44. It would have been like, girl, you don't have your room like this in front of these white folks so they can think that you're, because that's how we grew up. You don't do this in front of white people. You don't let them see you knock, uh, not ironed, clothes pressed, shoes shined, your hair done. 
So, and I well, know people can tie it into respectability politics, but this is how we were raised. Yeah. Well, and also you look at like, it, it never ends. Look at the entire Potomac cast had to sit down and have a t- conversation. Here's an all black women cast. Yes. And talking about we as a group even still represent and we don't want to feed into like loud, angry black women. Right. Crystal's on the other end, like model minority, this, you know, smart, kind, modest, yes. overachieving, like, am I, you know, like the stereotypes people have to fight against when they're the only one. Right. Exhausting. And I, for Crystal, I really thought about too. The experience of joining a Housewives cast, those first couple of shoots has to be bonkers. Yeah. No matter how much you think you understand from watching it, Mm -hmm. what it's like to be standing in an argument and just beside you or across the room, depending on where the focus of the camera is, is a person with a camera. You are so conscious that every word matters. Yes. And that is a new experience, no matter how much life experience you have. And so they go to Tahoe. Here's this group of women I only sort of know, let's be honest, it's not comfortable, no matter how much you're trying to relax. The cameras never leave until it's literally time to go to bed. There's no escape. I'm not going home to my husband at night from the film shoot. We're not even like where I could go to a hotel bar after shooting to like decompress from this. So I just kept thinking like the building of that. That's what I feel like we watched when Crystal removed herself was like, yes, this experience is intense. It's a lot doing this on camera with sort of strangers. It's a lot. And you have a pandemic on top of it. That's what I feel like we saw a lot of in how Crystal navigated that weekend. Like shooting this show is a lot. And then you have this from what she went through. Right. And then you have this woman continually, continuously in your space, centering herself, expecting like, a sympathy from you. And it's like, get out of my face. Like, yeah, stop nipping at my heels about this. Like, just go sit go, down there. Like, the final straw for me was when Sutton said, I want to be your friend. I'm a hugger. And went in. It's like, you have no, ba- you physically put yourself in her space to tell her she was wrong for reacting to you how she did. But then you said, I'm going through this. I'm moving. You were rubbing your face. Now you're back in my room again. The last day, I can't even get the last morning by myself. And you're saying, I'm a hugger. Let's remember that culture is not traditionally hugging. Well, and also, even if she is, you don't get to decide. That that too. Because it's over so that you can walk comfortably away from this interaction. And that's it. Because I'm a hugger, but I still... If when it, if I was in that situation, get out, like, don't touch me. And there's a way to articulate that that's inviting. So it, are we to a hug yet? Yes. Communicates that without putting it on the other person to have to be an asshole and be like, don't touch me. I'm yeah. not, you know, like, it's like where you just have to accept the other person's framing. Yes. Of I'm a mm-hmm. hugger. Well, the only response to that, it's like when you loan somebody money and they forget yes. to pay you back and you're like, why are you making me the asshole trying to ask for this money? Like, yes, don't make me the asshole if I go, I'm not ready to hug you yet. And That's for respecting some, I've read something and it said people will put you in a category for respecting your own boundaries. Yes. And when Crystal shut down on that boat, I, that 100% would have been me. And then if someone kept pricking at me, I would have eventually exploded also and been like, leave me alone. So I just thought, but she did say that they're in a a better place, which is good. But I just really like these shows provide entertainment and such insight to how people think and how the audience 
watches these things and what they take because they haven't been through that experience, what versus what they cling to, you know? Yeah. Or just basically how we each differently communicate and engage. Some people like they don't feel okay till we've touched, right? That's and other people <laughs> like I need space. That there's not even right or wrong. It's just different. But yeah. how you set the other person up, you know, if your real goal is for us to move forward, you have to give that person the space to get through it however they need and however long. Right. You know, I want us to be good. So I'm going to do my best to demonstrate that to you and leave you the room to hopefully receive that instead of like, I want us to be good right this second. And I don't understand why you're not forgiving me. And I don't, it wasn't even that big a deal in the first place. Like you dig the hole deeper by demanding the person be where you want them to be. Yes. And it's like, and I don't care about your experiences. I just do not go away. And it's funny because watching these shows and it's, it's hard sometimes to put boundaries in place, but I've gotten to that point where it's like in, in real life, mm, no. And I keep remembering Taria don't, people don't disrespect. It, it's funny. Cause I said Sutton has no boundaries, but I also read people don't disrespect your boundaries. You do when you allow them to cross them or when you don't yeah. set it. So I'm like, yeah, so this it, it's definitely going to be when other people can make it hard for you to, to, to defend your boundaries without family like an asshole <laughs> by the way they set up the interaction. You know. you know what? You're right. By the way they set up that, because nine times out of 10, I feel like they kind of know your boundaries already. And they're like, that's good. And, and they may mean it in a loving way. Like let's, cause like, really, I have to think Sutton does want to get through this. Right. Yes, definitely. Here. Yes. And so her, I'm a hugger is like, I want to show you that I'm good. Yes. Without giving the consideration that like that, what you are putting on the other person by yeah. demanding that essentially you can mean it from the best place possible, but you are still setting up an expectation for that person. And that's hard. It's that's hard. For true. Me. That's true. The hardest one for me is someone like, I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> for me, obviously look at us an hour and 45 minutes into this. That is right. the hardest thing a person can say to say to me. That is the hardest boundary yeah. for me personally to respect. My man will say, I don't have the space. Like I need a minute. And I am a, no, tell me what you're feeling right now. Put it into words, articulate it for me. Because if we're talking about it, we can get through it. I am most likely yes. to disrespect the boundary of, I don't want to do this right now. Right. And, and, and you're not doing it negatively. You're not doing it with a I malicious don't need it intent. Negative, yeah. Yeah. But it's still just respecting that other person for me to demand they be ready to discuss on the timeline that I... Because I think I just want to get through it. And then yes. we're good. You know, let's just talk it out. We'll be good. And and if yours is, I need space, I'm just respecting you if I demand you get through it at my pace. And I do that. I know I do. I do it to people all the time. So we all have how we want to process. Yes, you're right. And be disrespectful of someone else's. And that's hard. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm an asshole by wanting to communicate. It took me a long time to get to that. That's, you know what? And when you say it like that, it's like, wait, you're right. I should be able to communicate, but you forget there's another person involved. Right. Not be able to. Yeah. And I've got to the point where I can say, I'm trying to say, I'm not, let's not let, you don't want to talk about that with me right now because (laughs) to me, I, I measure my words because there are certain words that I will say to people that I know it will be the end of a relationship. And I'm cool with that. And I've told my mom, I will burn the bridge and burn the path to get back to the bridge. If I should ever even think I wanted to, when I get to that point, like, I mean it, I've thought about it rationally. I don't ever like, I will say, Oh, I'm done with this person, but then I'll think through it. But if I come to that same conclusion after thinking through it, where's the match setting it all on fire. 
It's, it's, and yep, Tria said, I show up. Uh, we are flambéing this bridge. That is the That's intent it. here. That's we, the I, intent. I am communicating with you to know that this is unrecoverable. <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm working through this. I am working at you. We're done. Look, please leave. We're done. Cannot wait to hear Heather again, by yeah. the way. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Emerson, you've been wonderful. I've kept you far longer than I should have. I know, like, I hope you and your listeners enjoy it. Like, I can do this all day. I enjoy you. And to, one more thing to what you said earlier about not standing housewives. Like, first of all, don't stand strangers, period. It's weird. <laughs> it's creepy. Like, don't stand someone you don't know. Don't stand a politician. Don't stand a rock star. Like, don't. Don't stand a stranger. That is a weird behavior. Why are you being cult-like about somebody you don't know? And as important as all of these issues and things are, we don't know these people. So when you are discussing with strangers about how much you do or don't like the character on a soap opera that you watch, <laughs> like, remember, we, are, we don't know them. We are not in their lives. And we are not going to impact their behavior either. So like, let's argue and fight and have fun about it. But like, let's not get too deep that we're ruining our own friendships and engagements over what we think about a soap opera television show that we love. That is, you know, you know what that, that is real, but the drama on television is not real to our lives. So like talk about the substance stuff, laugh about the silly stuff, but at the end of it, like y'all, it's a TV show and let's breathe a little bit. Go for a walk. (laughs) Go for a walk. I love that's that. Yeah. That's good for your health. It's good yes. for your mental. It's good for all of that. Yes. That is so true. Do not ruin it. Yeah. It's, it's because I feel like sometimes they get intertwined. But like you said, there is a, for me, I had to learn. I have to learn to enjoy. If Sutton says something funny, it's okay to laugh. Even, even though I don't like this thing she did that makes me think she is a certain way. And she very well may be that way. But I have to look at her like a character now to enjoy her. Right. Just so I'm not focused like, and on... And people are complicated. And it doesn't betray yeah. how you feel about one argument to like yeah. enjoy. Because that's what we do in our real lives. Yes. You know, I'm going to say something at some point in our friendship that's going to piss you off. Never. We'll hopefully get through that. <laughs> Hopefully you can laugh at another thing that I, but you know, it's like, yeah, let's let also our people be flawed up to a certain point. There's yes. things that are like definitively human nature, like human being over the line. Exactly. But on everything else, like, uh-huh, let's talk it through. Let's work it out. Let's laugh and a move little. on. But uh, I like to, I will, I like to be, especially, I feel like if I know your heart, I can beat my husband's ear up about it maybe a couple of times. And then I actually can get over it. But if it's right. something that's, like still digging, then yes, you need to have the conversation. But I would rather beat his ears up and then realize, you know what? They probably didn't mean it. And I know that person's heart. So I'm not even gonna. And that is the key. You know, the people whose hearts we know and we reveal ourselves to each other in the words we say, but also in the things that we do. And hopefully that leaves room for like, if someone whose heart you know messes up along the way, those those are the things we work through and move on and grow from. Yes. And by that, we reveal our hearts by the things we do. So you guys know that Emerson and my hearts are close because I've showered with him. That's and correct. He right. has- and her husband knows that was fine. <laughs> I didn't watch. I stayed on the other side of my electronic device. Let me tell you, this is the only world I told my husband where I could literally be sending a message to a guy like, I love you so much, or I look so forward to talking to you. And he's not like, who are you talking to? You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know. I enjoy that your husband gives you the space for all of the nonsense over in our world too. Like that's yes. so lovely. And I like that he comes in, he watches the shows with me. You yeah. know, I, I, I said, oh yeah, he's, he's definitely the right one. 
Yes. So Emerson, oh, tell that. everyone. And you. And thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you. Listen, this is not going to be your last time. And- Anytime. I'm, I'm extremely, unfortunately, available. <laughs> so I need to get you before you become unavailable. I'll be at like whatever show you're, you're gate and be like, he is my friend. We have showered. Ask him. They'll be like, Emerson. <laughs> I will never say no. Okay, well, let everybody know if they don't listen where they can find you. Um, Instagram, Emerson Collins on TikTok. I've started playing with the children. You know, for like a whole year, I kind of thought TikTok was just like yacht rock Macarena dances. <laughs> like, but it's actually really fun, even though I'm playing with the children. Uh, Twitter is actually Emerson, and my website, EmersonCollins.com. If you need to reach me, if you want to whine about something I said or chat, and uh, your show. And I do the Dell and Emerson show is an LGBTQ news and nonsense podcast. Hilarious. My work husband, uh, writer, director, Del Shore is the creator of Sorted Live. So that's our fun, silly queer space that you can download as a podcast. And we do it live on YouTube as well. And you will see Emerson's flawless, beautiful face. And it's not because of a ring light. His flawless, beautiful face on Watch What Happens Live soon. Yes, I know. It's so, I love that four seasons after... Uh, we made it to the show and it's so exciting because like there's nothing to promote. They were like, what do you want to promote? And I said, um, the two movies that I produced while I was shooting The People's Caps, please go stream them on Amazon. My actual real life work. <laughs> Some I really do. If this wasn't a job. Watching television and commenting on it is not a job. It's not a like, job. An influencer. Like that's not a career. <laughs> it's not a career. No judgment, but that's not a, it's not a talent. No, no, you're, you're exactly right. And that's amazing. Go watch, go stream the two movies I produced when I was shooting this show four years ago. Thank you. They both star Leslie Jordan, who got super famous in the pandemic. Now everybody knows him. A Very Sort of Wedding and Southern Baptist Sissies. Stream on Amazon. A Very Sort, I'm going to, you will be getting those streams from us. They're great. After you watch, I'll tell you, because I literally, the last movie I produced I was producing the movie in Canada while we were shooting The People's Couch. So I am producing a movie with a crew of 150 and 30 actors in Winnipeg and flying back to Los Angeles on the weekends to shoot The People's Couch on Saturday night and then fly back on Sunday to Winnipeg. What? I had an actual whole real job where I was responsible for people. And then being like, no, that looks fine. I love, that is, I honestly feel like I aspire because I want to be doing, oh, that's, that's amazing. Okay, yes, I'm definitely watching. A princess problem. I'm grateful for all of this. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Emerson, guys. Go check Emerson out, and he will be on Watch What Happens Live when you go to his social media. You can get the dates. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.